Hello and welcome, welcome, welcome. If you've been here before, welcome forward. If you're new here, welcome forward. Um, thank you for joining me on Time to Talk with Alex Reeds. Um, my name's Alex Reeds, and for those of you who don't know who I am, I'm an emotional health practitioner, communicator, writer, podcaster, and I speak um, and create mental health content. And I write to writing a book called Time to Talk, which will be out this time next year. And I spend my weeks sitting in front of this microphone talking to you. And I am so appreciative each week to have you here. Um, you know, if you listen to the whole episode, if you listen to 10 minutes, I'm appreciative of everything that you guys do. And I thank you so much just for being you and... I wake up each week and get these episodes out and done for you um, as a peace of mind for myself as well, but also just in the hopes that it will help in some way and can help in some way. So I am um, super appreciative to have you here each week. The gratitude I have for all of you is immeasurable and I would be remiss if I went a week or so without mentioning it. And um, yeah, so again, I thank you all for coming here and being here with me to hold space with me and just to be great and be awesome. And uh, I appreciate it. So it is the last day of Mental Health Awareness Week. And this week, the theme was kindness. Uh, last year, it was body image or body positivity, I think. Um, but this year, it's kindness. And it changed from, it was meant to be sleep, and it changed to kindness this year. I think that in the lieu, in the lieu, in lieu of uh, the tragic death of Caroline Flack, and obviously the lockdown and coronavirus, I think that there were so many um, expectations that we had for one another that we haven't really fulfilled. Um, and I think it's just time for us to be kinder for another um and to another and to ourselves um and so i imagine the, the the reasoning for the for the theme this year came and um it has been a rocky week and yeah and we are now entering into a long weekend over here in the uk and i imagine in the us too and i hope that those who are able to are able to take some time for some much needed rest and self-kindness and um, I know that majority of us are experiencing a lockdown. And anyway, so this episode is on self-kindness. Um, and I am kindly joined by an amazing guest, a wonderful human being, to discuss kindness to ourselves and what that means. I will introduce them in a moment. But before we start, um, the mental health check-in. So... This week has been um, an amazing week. I've had um, some ups and it's been ups and downs as as each week usually is, but I have a largely had a positive week. Um, I did a talk this week and I was doing um, some webinars on self kindness, which I'll get to in a moment, and um, it was amazing. It was amazing, um, and then a specific act of kindness happened whereby I 
was really underselling myself um, and I really undersold like w- the way that I kind of operate and the, the value that I put on the things I do and the work that I did and um, it's just made really clear to me um, that people value what I do and um, there have just been some amazing acts of kindness from a lot of people um, this week you know just, just saying positive things and saying you know they love what I do and they love that I do it and you know I it's one of those things I don't know what it is but I feel like over time I've been taught not to seek validation in other people and that could be down to some wounded masculine some wounded feminine um some wounded feminine kind of trope or some understanding of myself or lack of self-worth not wanting to kind of accept the fact that I have a value and that people value me whether not necessarily monetarily just appreciate what I do and um, while I will just get on and do what I have to do and try and do it in the best way that I can it is actually really standing sometimes when people feed back to me and say you know oh that was amazing or that was great and I'm just I never expect it I never expect it and um I and I'm just kind of like really appreciative and this is not me trying to be arrogant or boastful or anything I'm just it's just something that I think that we all should really learn to start acknowledging in the things that we do and who we are and how we operate and move in the world and when we are producing and creating things um, I think it's important to take stock about all the effort and time, especially when we're trying to produce things of value to people. And um, we should take stock of a lot of the things that we do and how we do it. And yeah, probably I'm going to say this today and then Wednesday, I'm going to be a bit like, oh, like I'm not doing anything of value for anybody. And these are the ebbs and flows of life. And these are, this is reality. But um yeah, like, I've, I've had a really good week and um, it was just really, really edifying to kind of, to hear those those really nice words. So I want to say thank you for allowing me to speak to a group of amazing people about self-kindness. Um, I got my friend to send me voice notes each day and it should finish today. Um this evening about acts of kindness done to her and acts of kindness that she has seen and acts of kindness that she's done to herself and um, I found that very important um, as a practice um, when I'm doing um, emotional um, health coaching and well-being coaching I tend to get people to really understand what self-kindness means to them. And we get stuck in this idea that nobody's kind, nobody is um, nice to us. We And that's one thing. And then we go inward and we start to say that we aren't good at anything. We aren't deserving of anything. We aren't um, anything like that. So I'm going to share a bit of the talk that I did um, 
on Tuesday. And um, it's the importance of really like looking, looking at us, looking at ourselves and talking to ourselves as if we are our own best friend. Caring for us, really caring for each other and really being there for ourselves, you know, showing up for ourselves. We have to start showing up for ourselves and knowing that we are worth the time, worth the emotional input, worth the the hugs that we give ourselves, the pats on the backs, worth the grace, you know. We are all going through a pandemic right now, literally, we are all going through a pandemic, but we are also being harder on ourselves than we need to be. As you know, like I, you know, stopped doing the newsletter weekly and made it monthly, um, gave myself some space. Um, there are days with the book that I am really struggling and being like, oh my God, like, are people even going to like this book? Is this something that I should be writing? Um, how am I um, putting this out there? There's going to be critics out there. People aren't going to agree with what I'm saying. All these different things are just running through my head that I should stop writing now. The importance of it is really looking at yourself and saying, no, keep doing it. You believe in what you do. You're here for a reason. And if by whatever stroke of life uh, people don't like it or people don't necessarily consume it or want to consume it or have criticisms for it, you face that when that happens. And this is the this is the lesson I'm kind of learning. Like we face these things as life happens. We meet life where it is. Life meets us where we're at, and we keep it pushing. Um, and we try our best. We do our best. If we if we apply and put our best into everything that we do and we try to do our best and are consistently improving on what we do and we're doing it with a pure heart and good intentions, then you can only really, only really end up in the best possible place for you. When we speak about self-kindness, um, you have to believe that you deserve it. Um, and unfortunately, there are like a lot of people out there who don't believe they do deserve self-kindness and we most definitely do like you may not believe that you deserve to be treated with the same patience or tenderness and comfort that you might naturally feel for a loved one um and you may have been brought up to experience particular things whether that be abuse or neglecting your childhood um shame I have this analogy of the shame wizard. I don't know if anybody's watched Big Mouth. Um, and in Big Mouth, it's a Netflix cartoon. It's an adult Netflix cartoon. Do not show your children. Um, but they depict shame via the shame wizard. And I think now I'm going to get into shame in another episode and what that what that really means. But Shame may have kept you from feeling kind towards yourself. It may have, it, it's not like guilt for an action. It, shame is more, it's your physical being. It's your whole personhood. It's your personality. You are ashamed of this, um, which is why in a lot of queer spaces, when they talk about pride and they talk about expressing and all of these different things, um, it's kind of like eradicating the shame that comes with the idea of your personhood. So, 
that is just one analogy of it, but there's also shame in parenting. Taking away your child's toy and then feeling like you're a bad parent. So you give in and give it back to them. And, you know, you feel like you're responsible for the behavior because you gave in so much and you're like, I'm a bad parent. Or not being able to do long division at school. So you, um, and you're made to feel ashamed of yourself because everybody else can and your teacher doesn't have the time, the energy or the emotional input to support you and do all of these things. So you feel ashamed of yourself because you can't do whatever other, other people do. Shame is so belittling. And it's with self-kindness that we that we try to push ourselves away from shame. And we kind of step to the left a bit, move away from from that that shame with it, that that cycle, understanding that this is where I'm at at this moment, and because I'm here, I'm only, I'm only as good as the next thing I can do. You know, I am pushing myself to to be better. I'm but I'm doing it with a sense of compassion in a warm, safe and open-hearted way. I'm not being judgmental of myself. I know that I fall short in these places, but because I fall short here, doesn't mean that I fall short in life. I think that that is the difference. So I leave it with you. We spend a lot of time thinking about kindness rather than feeling what it is. So what do you feel when you feel kindness? What are some of the actions attributed to kindness for you? And make sure that you ask yourself as often as possible, how can I care and comfort myself in this moment? How can I be my own best friend? And as I said, I have an amazing guest this week. And seeing as though this week is Mental Health Awareness Week and the theme is kindness, I thought it pivotal to have somebody who writes and speaks a lot about kindness and being kind to ourselves. This week, I'm speaking to Sharu Izadi, a behavioral change specialist and the author of The Kindness Method which uses and applies her methods of being kind to ourselves in order to turn upside down traditional strict regimes that leave us feeling empowered, positive and ready to embrace change. Whether it's weight loss, cutting down on drinking, improving your relationships or changing careers to one you love, the kindness method explores ways to help you change any unwanted habit. We have a discussion about judgment over what habits are negative and what habits are positive choosing yourself when it comes to these particular habits you know a glass of wine over a long walk a bar of chocolate over a hit session what is the correct thing to do we talk about kindness of self what it means to be kind to ourselves 
And other than that, Sharu is just an amazing, amazing person. And I would love for you to, to feel an ounce of what I feel when I speak to Sharu. Whenever I see Sharu, whenever I speak to Sharu, it's an amazing occurrence. And she's a wonderful, wonderful human being. Um, so here is the episode. Enjoy, get a cup of tea, um, and sit down and have a listen. Talk to you soon. Welcome, Sharu. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Nice to be here. <laughs> no worries. Um, so let's get into it. Um, I wanted to kind of start with the question of like, what exactly is kindness and what does it mean to you? For me, kindness is about compassion and understanding and generosity and patience and essentially the way that we behave towards the people that we love most. And for me, kindness has played a, played a big role in my life because um, learning to be kind to myself has been quite transformative and turning that on myself because I've often worked, you know, working in the helping professions, et cetera. Um, and even if you don't really, I think a lot of us are very kind and we know how to show kindness towards other people. So for me, um, in my work, kindness for me has been quite transformative um, and, mm-hmm. yeah, has has been incredibly important. Yeah. Uh, in this time, have you seen um, acts of kindness change since the lockdown has happened? Um, we've seen, I think there was a, I can't remember where I got this from, but before the lockdown, we saw that the UK was was thought to be 37% kind. Um, and then since the lockdown, people have said, you know, it's gone up to like, to like 67 or 69%. Um, and, and with public perception. And I find that really strange and really weird. Um, so like, how have you seen the difference? Um, if there is, if there has been one, what has your, um, experience been on that? I don't know. Um, I don't know how they're measuring that, I have to say, but I certainly was very <laughs> moved and very proud when I realized how many people had, had volunteered to support the NHS and how it surpassed all expectations. I thought that was just so affirming and excellent. It really makes me emotional just thinking about it. So that I think was extraordinary and and lovely to see. I think also mm-hmm. there's been a real, certainly from luckily from my community and people I've been speaking to there's a real acknowledgement right now that everyone's going through something different and I know we've been saying for ages you know be kind you don't know what someone's going through but right now more than ever I think that's really the case because there's so many people going through incredibly unique responses to this and facing mm-hmm. incredibly unique challenges and I'm just so happy that it, it feels like everyone I speak to is just counting their blessings um mm-hmm. And being very, very conscious of what they have to be grateful for, even if they mm-hmm. are quite rightly, you know, stressed or anxious or suffering. It feels like everyone's kind of also saying, but I know that I'm lucky in this, this and this way, which would be lovely if it was part of our more um, day to day narrative when we're not you know, in a pandemic. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's really interesting that, you know, when people say, oh, I, I feel anxious, but I'm, I'm, I should feel lucky. I should feel X, Y, and Z. 
um, I have this thing about trying to avoid difficult emotions, and I don't, I, I don't think people should do that. Um, mm. But what do you, what do you think about that kind of experience that a lot of people are having, and and how that balances and being kinder to ourselves? I, I think again, there is space to feel mm. grateful and annoyed at the same time. I think right now, I especially with what I'm seeing with online conversations and politics, it feels like everything's got a very de divisive and everyone feels like they need to stand on one side of things. And I know even I felt there was a, a pressure initially when I was asked at the beginning of all this, how are you dealing with this compared to now? I feel like if I went mm. back, everything would have changed 10 or 15 times since then. Yeah, um, Yeah, and so I think it's about just taking the pressure off ourselves and everyone going through it however they need to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, being online as often as we are and whatnot and um you know, sharing content and sharing stories on Instagram or being being present. What have you what have you seen online? I know that a lot of people will find um being online quite a toxic space and there was mm. a be kind movement in post um the death of Caroline Flack. But what have you have you seen much of a difference um since being like since this has all happened and what and the kind of interactions people are having and kind of communities that are connecting you know I'm, I'm quite careful about what I consume because I'm very um inclined to go down a hole of reading not nice stuff and yeah. looking and almost going looking for it in a way out of fascination and then feeling physically worse off for having done that so I'm really learning my lesson and trying to impose the whole not looking at my phone first thing not looking at my phone last thing trying to not be, you know, streaming, um, what's it called? Um, updating the news all the time, not updating it. I'm not writing the news, but you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Uh, re refreshing. Um, yeah. but, um, to be honest, I've been very careful about the way that I curate what I'm cons consuming right now. And, you know, I found myself for all sorts of reasons that are, are not, you know, they're not, for any reason that's personal, like muting certain accounts at certain times. And I may mm -hmm. really like someone's work, but it may just be the case that, for example, I'm going to exercise next week. And I don't want a reminder this week that I'm not exercising, you know? And so I'll, I'll right. unmute them then. You know, I don't mm -hmm. think, um, I haven't seen personally anything but people being supportive of each other. But I wonder mm -hmm. whether that's because I don't have a huge following and I've kept it quite kind and small and, um, mm -hmm. everyone seems to be understanding that everyone's doing their own thing. So maybe I have an unrealistic mm -hmm. perception of it, but for the most part, I think mm -hmm. it's been quite a nice place. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny what you say about the, um, the feelings of, uh, you know, the expectation with regards to, you know, I predominantly live on Instagram. That's where I find, I feel much more, most comfortable. And mm -hmm. I, I see the the personal trainers, I see the gym trainers, I see the the workouts, the consistent routines, all of this stuff, um, videos of people <laughs> training and exercising. And while I do like to keep fit, it's it it kind of uh, reminds me that oh, I need to keep up to the level that everybody is doing, that everybody wants to do. Mm -hmm. um, it's and I wanted to ask the question about. I've had to go through a process of like, you know, being kinder and just saying to myself, okay, well, you're, you're, you, you're doing what you need to do. But, um, what, what would you say to those people who have to, would like to, 
who kind of need reminding <laughs> that they that they don't have to keep up with everybody. I would say just that. And remember, mm-hmm. those a lot of those people who are exercising, etc., online, that's their business. They're quite rightly mm-hmm. trying to pay bills and move move their business online. And I don't yeah. think they're pushing it on anyone either. So, you know, just hit that mute button until you're ready. Mm-hmm. And you may never be ready, but that's okay. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of the time, too, we have all these like preconceived notions of what it is to be mindful, what it is to do exercise, etc. If if you don't want to do burpees and instead you want to put on some music and dance around your living room, that's exercise, too. If you don't want to meditate, but actually you just want to see if you can sit and do absolutely nothing without any entertainment for 15 minutes in a nice sunny spot by the window. That's great, too. You know, so mm-hmm. I think, remember, a lot of us, I mean, I'm one of those people now, I guess, too. This is our job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, in the same way that you don't go into someone's office and see what they're doing in there. A lot of the time when when yeah. people are watching experts or PTs or whatever on Instagram, they need to make money too. So you're watching them yeah. at work. That It's unrealistic to think that you're going to want to do uh, the mm-hmm. same stuff. And if you are inspired by them, fantastic. Mute, unmute, you know, it's all, it's all on you. But it is... Um, we're all going to be working to different timescales and we all have completely different bodies and needs. So I think Mm -hmm. in the end, it always comes back down to just give yourself the same compassion and gentleness Mm -hmm. and understanding that you would give someone you really love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In your work, in the kindness method, um, Mm -hmm. you speak and your, and your everyday work, you kind of challenge habits um, and kind of redefining um, negative habits and bringing them into positive. Um, how do you, for people that are listening, how can how can you define what a negative habit is and what is the process into changing that into into something positive? Like what are, what are your particular steps that you would take and what kind of questions uh, should we be asking ourselves? I that's a great question. I try not to impose judgment on habits, whether they're good or bad. Um, in fact, I think sometimes when we have an unwanted habit, it can be useful to look at it as less of a problem and more of a solution. And when you do it that way, you can kind of think, okay, what am I doing this for? What does this help me to do? What am I afraid will happen mm-hmm. if I stop doing it? If you ask yourself these yeah. more curious, non-judgmental questions, what you do is, A, you, you give yourself a break, which you deserve to do, but B, you also uh, gain insight into what it's doing for you, why it serves you to stay the way you are, and what else could help you do that. So say, for example, Mm. at the end of the day, you have a glass of wine and that helps you de-stress. Fine. Ask yourself, what else is in my toolkit that helps me de-stress? Because now more than ever, I think a lot of those things that we don't want, a lot of the habits we don't want to be engaging in are on heavier rotation naturally, because we've limited our access to all sorts of other tools and connections and things that we previously had in our normal routines. So I think Mm -hmm. the next time you think that you've adopted an unwanted habit, um, instead of beating yourself up about it and thinking you just have to stop immediately, although that that route works for some people, of course, everyone's different. But Mm -hmm. what can be helpful is taking a more um, curious approach and kind of thinking, okay, what is this doing for me? Let's imagine that um, this this habit that I think is unhealthy is the same as this habit that I think is is healthy why what is the job that it's doing for me what else could do this job and then perhaps could i do that could i start practicing that other thing another rule of thumb i tend to use personally when i'm trying to establish what the difference between a good and a bad habit is 
I find that in my life, good habits are ones that are not as effective short term, but that you can get better at. (laughs) They don't become less effective over time. Explain. They don't become less effective over time. Well, like things like meditation. Okay. You know, meditation is not going to do the job of a glass of wine or a Mars bar. Just no. not. <laughs> you know, it might do if you get to like Dalai Lama levels. Yeah. But for me, yeah. It's, it's more it's more comforting to think I'm going to have my Mars bar. I'm going to do my meditation in the meantime. <laughs> Medita- I'm going to get better at the meditation. And over time, it might start to do the job of the Mars bar. <laughs> or yeah. whatever the equivalent yeah. was, you know. Rather than, I think yeah. we can become really disillusioned where we're like, I'm going to take away this really easy and effective thing and I'm going to replace it with something that requires a lot more mastery. But I yeah. think it's important to have a range of those things at at your disposal mm. and not necessarily yeah. think that some are good and some are bad. Yeah. I go through this this phase of like having with the ideal me is someone who, who walks down the street glowing and is like, you know, is eating all the fruit and all the vegetables and eating well and healthy and can do cartwheels and is super flexible <laughs> and is super strong. And then, you know, and is very mindful and this stuff. And, you know, to, to an extent, you know, I do practice mindfulness and I, and I do try my best to kind of like have a healthy lifestyle, but then the sweets will appear and mm-hmm. the bottle of wine and it's all this stuff and there's this strong internal dialogue that says should i shouldn't i should i shouldn't i and then mm-hmm. when you cave in or you decide that you want to say have that drink or you want to have that chocolate bar or you want to have that um it's that feeling of that that guilt that kind of that guilt that you have um that says all right now you need to go and run 10 15 miles to burn it off or you need to do all of that um and it, it's always been a struggle with trying to manage that and trying to kind of manage that feeling and trying to, and that gap in between. Um, mm. I, I don't know how, I don't know if there's an answer to that, but if that is even well, a question, I mean, but, you know. I think but, it is um, important to, you don't, I think I've, I've got lost in that as well. And, you know, mm. I've had real periods of incred- incredibly disordered eating. Um, mm. And I have learned that guilt and shame does not aid habit change it's not exactly beating ourselves up about stuff i find is actually counterintuitive um, mm. or counterproductive mm. rather not only because we don't deserve to beat ourselves up um about it and there are reasons why we engage in the in the habits we do but also in my case a lot of the things that i used to ways i used to for example abuse myself with food both during and after the, in terms of the way I, I, I spoke to myself and deprived myself of the opportunity of really enjoying it was um actually what was causing me to eat more because I was trying to get rid of those thoughts and the the, the mean inner dialogue and the all or nothing thinking uh, you know I've blown it I'm weak I may as well start on Monday and then you know all of these all of these things so actually I think in that sense it's counterproductive to beat ourselves up about stuff and I think mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that we you know we shouldn't feel empowered in, in activating new behaviors and creating new new habits but I just haven't seen that beating ourselves up about something all day helps. And I think when it comes to the examples you gave, for example, I would, I really hope to live in a world where people don't associate enjoying food with uh, burning mm-hmm. it off. 
These are just, yeah. you know, and exercise, as you well know, I mean, I've completely disassociated exercise from physical aesthetic mm. and it's almost mm. entirely for my mental health. Mm. And mm. that has helped me enormously. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask about, um, you know, being kinder to ourselves. Um, I think I've been speaking a lot about, you know, self-kindness and um, being a bit more proactive in the way that we, you know, a talk to ourselves, the way that we can consider ourselves in this grand scheme, in this grand scheme of life that is so difficult to navigate at the best of times. Um, why do you think we aren't kind to ourselves in the way we should be, Sherry? I think I've, I've spoken to a lot of people who work in self-compassion around this. And I think a lot of the time we're aware of our, we're more aware of our deficits. We carry around a lot of core beliefs from childhood and rarely um, have an opportunity to sit and actually debate with them and update them. And mm. we carry around criticism and all sorts of things and don't unlearn a lot of these truths that we've been told about ourselves and haven't had a moment to think, mm -hmm. actually, I'm not that thing that someone told me when I was nine or, um, or I don't, I don't deserve to speak to myself that way. And I think a lot of the time too, we don't externalize it. So when, when it's, it stays in our heads, we don't realize quite how cruel it is and quite how unfair it is. And that just mm. isn't the way that we would speak to someone else. Yeah. Well, what are the, some examples of not being kind to ourselves? Well, if you think about like, for example, one of the things that I write about in my books and talk about in workshops is I'll ask people mm -hmm. first and foremost, you know, write down all the things you say to yourself when you fall off track with a plan of change. Say there's a, mm -hmm. a routine you want to create, like wake up 10 minutes earlier and do a bit of yoga or whatever, and you don't manage to do it. What sorts of things do you say to yourself? And people will write down things like, I'm weak, I'm lazy, I was always like this, this was never going to work out. Mm -hmm. um, I may as well start next week. The whole day's written off now, like all these self-fulfilling prophecies and really unkind, unfair chat. And then the next exercise, I asked them to write down all the things they would tell someone who they wanted to do really well, who they wanted to motivate if they had had a blip from their plan of change. And it's things like, you know how capable you are. You're amazing. How can I help you? Don't beat yourself up about it. You've got this. Remember all the amazing stuff you've managed to do. I, you know, how can I support you? All of that stuff. And yeah. there's like a gulf between between the two. And I often say that's where that isn't, you know, we yes, that's how we would speak to people we love, but it's also how we would speak to people who we just want to do well. Like if you were getting, mm -hmm. if I was getting paid to um, guarantee that someone did well, I wouldn't mm -hmm. speak to them in an unkind fashion. No. Um, and so I think it actually, you know, kindness towards ourselves actually gets stuff done in that sense. Yeah, I had a huge period of overwhelm um, last week, and. Oh, yeah. I just, and it was like, I couldn't, there was a point where it was just, I couldn't get out of bed because my body had just kind of shut down. And um, it's testament to kind of all the kind of the, the, the training I've kind of given myself, this ninja training of, of being kind to myself in a sense, because there were days I was just like, all right, cool. So I just rolled over, put the laptop on and just pressed play and just started watching things because the overwhelm was coming from overextending myself mm -hmm. to basically saying, oh, I want to do this episode. I want to do this piece of writing. I've got to do this for the book. I've got to do this for all of that stuff was just piling up. And, and it was time management a lot of the time. 
but then also it was about, I think what was key was how I was speaking to myself. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then old, and the older me probably would have said, get up, do it. Like, what, like you're going to, you're going to lose time. You're losing hours. There's not enough time in the mm-hmm. day. There's all this X, Y, and Z. And then, but I just lay there and I was like, well, you know, like if, if I'm not here, then nothing can go out. So at least, <laughs> I, you know what I mean? So I need to rest. Um, mm-hmm. I need to rest. And then, so it kind of asks, it makes me wonder just how can we be, like what are the best ways for us to support one another in this time? And um, what are some of the best ways that you felt supported over this time too? I think just being listened to. I know it's simple, mm-hmm. but painting the whole picture of what's going on for you and having time. And I think also people are very quick to want to help and give advice. And that's the natural response. But sometimes you just want mm-hmm. to talk and mm-hmm. have it just go into the air and be forgotten. And mm-hmm. people who work in talking therapy know that, coaches, et cetera, counsellors. But sometimes when it's a friend or a family member and they feel helpless and they want to give you solutions, um, which is really natural, but mm-hmm. it sometimes deprives you of an opportunity to just unburden yourself, just get it out, and then it's as if it never happened and move on. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's something that we can really do to support each other, just create, just put space aside where just listening Mm-hmm. You're not interrupting people, you're just letting them. And this is something that I learned working with people and like in a coaching capacity that sometimes you just don't speak for 20, 30 seconds. Give someone a minute to think about the next thing they want to talk to you about. Um, and to sit in that silence with them is sometimes really helpful and can be enormously powerful, particularly now. Okay. And finally, final question is, um, what is one act of kindness that you would inscribe in inscribe inscribe in law that you would that everybody should be doing i think everybody should be volunteering without telling anyone about it <laughs> i think we should okay. all be doing things for other people um and setting aside time in our week if we can provided we can afford it to give any skill or service that we have to someone else, even if it's for 10 minutes or if you can afford it then for 10 hours, whatever. But I think it would yeah. be lovely for that to be more um, common um, in an ongoing fashion, not just like Christmas or whatever. Although that's great too. You know, any volunteering is great. And I'm not saying that I'm going around doing it constantly either, but there is something very special about doing something for free and not wanting any credit for it. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for that. Thank you so much. Um, and I wish you so much safety for the, for the coming thank weeks, you. even though we don't, we, we don't know where it's going or what we're going to do. So yeah, thank you so thank much. You very much. Thank you for listening. Make sure that you rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Global Player, wherever else you listen to your podcasts. Um, honestly, please rate, review um, on Apple Podcasts with whatever you hear and whatever you like. Um, positive, please. <laughs> um, but thank you so much for listening. Um, if you enjoy these episodes, let me know. Drop me a message, drop me an email. Um, you know where to find me. All the information is in the show notes. And I'll catch you next week. Bye.